Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On this day, September 24th, 1794, there landed on Kodiak Island in Alaska the first formal Orthodox Christian mission to America. Eight monks and two novices traveled all the way from Valam Monastery. Now, Valam Monastery is not, if you're familiar with the game, Risk for Americans, Kamkachka, or those, you know, Siberia. Valam is the other side, like Finland, over that direction. They traveled across the entire Asian continent and then the ocean to get to Alaska. With them, they had, as Russia had been uh, in Alaska in that environs, they had 10 Alaskan natives who had traveled with them as well in order to start a formal mission amongst the natives. St. Herman of Alaska, in a letter back to Valam in 1795, now think of these dates. 1794. What does this start to make you think of? 1776. This is something that I think for a lot of us, especially if we're new to orthodoxy or have been exposed to orthodoxy just in the past few years, it all seems very new. But for North America, orthodoxy has actually been here for some time. In some form, there has been mission work being accomplished here from since roughly 1700s, late 1700s. St. Herman, in writing this letter back to his abbot Nazarius in Valam, he shares a story about the apostolic fervor, the zeal of Father Makarios and Father Juvenali. Father Makarios and Father Juvenali, who had already traveled so far, are now as St. Herman relates, they're having a discussion. It's kind of a little bit of a heated discussion because they're kind of saying, they're dividing the land, basically. They're saying, I'm going to take this part of Alaska, you're going to take this part of Alaska. Now, this is not like taking Kansas, right? It's just kind of flat and you just kind of make a random... This is Alaska. We're talking... You. Those who have been to Alaska know what I'm talking about. This is, you could say it's God's country, it's gorgeous. But it is also mountainous, treacherous. Most of the cities, when I looked at one time, I believe it's Juneau. There are no actual roads that go to Juneau. They have roads, but there's no roads that go to Juneau. So you don't ever drive away from Juneau. Okay, now? So if you can think back, late 1700s, we're talking about hide boats. This is where they went around on, right? They had to create their own boats. They had to do, this was serious mission work. And with great zeal, Father Makarios and Father Juvenali are saying, no, I'm going to take this portion. You have to leave me the islands, which to me is just like, that is the most treacherous. The Aleutian Island chain, you really want that? I'd be like, I'll take the mainland. You can take the islands. But no, in their zeal to encounter how many different languages, not knowing what they're going to encounter, 
cold receptions, warm receptions. St. Herman tells his abbot, Nazarius, that he went from joy to rapture to hear the zeal and the desire in Father Macarius and Father Juvenali as they wrestled with each other as to who's going to get to take which part of Alaska in order to missionize, to preach the gospel. In that same year, in 1795, St. Juvenali, Father Juvenali, baptized over 700 people. It was just a year later, as St. Juvenali kept moving from tribe to tribe or group to group, that at the mouth of a particular river, he was killed by a hunting party. The divine zeal that we see in Father Juvenali did not just extend to his desire to preach the gospel to go into the hinterlands, the wilderness, to preach the gospel, but that he was able to give an occasion for testimony, that the gospel was not just something on his lips, but that it was embodied in his very life. This morning in one of the gospel pericopes, our Lord, in prophesying about the reception of Christians in the world, that Christians will be persecuted, that they will be put into prisons, that they will stand before kings for the sake of Christ, but that all of this suffering, all of this will be for an occasion for testimony. For martyrdom itself in the Greek, martyria means witness. That Christians stand before the world, before the powers and principalities, witnessing to the gospel of Christ. It's not known exactly why St. Juvenali was killed. There was many different receptions to the gospel among the different tribes and natives. But we do know how he responded to being attacked. The first attack, and yes, I say the first attack, he did not defend himself. He did not attempt to escape. He was struck from behind, and he turns around, as we are told, and he begged the people to repent and then to spare the natives that he had baptized. So not thinking of himself, but thinking of all those whom he had just washed in baptism and sealed with chrism, that is where his mind goes. When he is attacked again, he gets up and he urges them all again to repent. And they fell upon him again and gave him a savage beating. You would think this twice time, the second time he has learned his lesson. Once more, he got up on his feet and he called them to repentance. We are told this happened several times until they finally, let's just say they killed him. I won't go into the details. The zealous Haramonk Juvenali became the first Orthodox Christian in America to receive the crown of martyrdom. Now, when we think of martyrs, we tend to think 2nd, 3rd century, maybe a line or two in the Synoxarian, but we are talking about late 1800s, 
on the coast in Alaska, a man who traveled thousands of miles to be able to baptize, to preach the gospel, to commune people in the church, he receives the crown of martyrdom all by himself on a coast in Alaska. His zeal, not only for spreading the gospel, but his zeal in in the moment of being attacked, and not just one moment, but two, three, four times, churning, asking for clemency for those he had already baptized, and then calling them to repent. Our Lord in this pericope this morning, after communicating to us about the times ahead of suffering and of testimony and witness, he tells us to settle in our hearts, not to meditate beforehand on what we will answer when we are brought before kings or rulers. For he tells us he will give us a mouth and wisdom which will, for our adversaries, be impossible to contradict. You will be betrayed, he tells us, by parents, brothers, relatives, and even friends, and that some will be put to death, that we will be betrayed, hated, but not a hair on our head shall be lost. And then he commends to us, commands us, by your patience, possess your souls. One of the surprises, becoming an adult, and I don't just mean hashtag adulting or that kind of silliness, but when you're a kid, your world is, you know, it's this big, I mean, literally it's basically this big, this is about how much control you have in the world, and all you're thinking about when I turn 16, then I can drive, Uh, when I turn 18, I can vote, if you're really civically minded, I guess, you're probably more concerned about other things. Uh, When I'm 21, I can rent a hotel or something, right? You're always looking ahead. Maybe I'll own a home one day and land and all of these things. And then when you become an adult, you very quickly realize basically this zone of which you control is about this big. (laughs) It doesn't actually change that much. You have a lot more responsibilities, but you realize that your life is kind of set. This is, I could do this or that, but this is basically my life now. All the things I thought when I was 13, 14, 15, here it is. <laughs> Maybe I could sell everything and move to Alaska or, you know, but basically, no, here's my responsibilities. Here's my life. Here's my zone of control. <clears throat> there is an incredible wisdom in our Lord telling us that now is when we settle in our hearts to not be anxious or to worry about the future, what may or may not happen, that we settle in our hearts. Just think about settling, not looking to and fro, but settling. That we, by patience, possess our souls. 
in our sphere of, I'm going to keep putting the square, scare quotes here, right, of control, we learn that patience is really one of the great virtues. Children, of course, teach us or are an opportunity to learn great patience. Our spouses are always occasions to learn how to be patient. Our work, our friends, and if we're not married with kids, then our extended family are all occasions for growth in patience. Because it is the little practices. This is how our Lord throughout the gospel and in the life of the church, it, the settling of our hearts is always through little practices of patience, of having faith in God, of having hope in God, and therefore loving God and loving neighbor. Little practices where we exercise our faith instead of despair or lack of trust, where we look to things with hope that God can change things or that at least God can change our heart towards something, that we can possess our souls with patience. Just think about this metaphor, like to possess our souls. That is no longer enslaved or in darkened but that faith, hope, and love make our hearts alive, that we're able to suffer others. And this is exactly the yoke that Christ has for us to bear and to wear. That is in these little acts of faithfulness, of hopefulness, and of love. That's how when we are before a king or a ruler, or we're called to account to witness to our faith, we have steadily shaped our soul to be ready to speak as God desires for us to speak. Zeal and patience. We see in St. Juvenali, the first martyr of America, great zeal for the kingdom. And it was not this zeal that overlooked patience, but that patient act of faith in God, of hope in God and love in God, allowed him to get up after every beating and to call those to repentance. Zeal and patience. They're not opposed to each other. They might seem on some shallow sense, zeal is over here and patience is over here. But to have real zeal is to have real patience. To have real patience is to have real zeal. As we celebrate the feast of the Synaxis of all the saints of Alaska, but especially the martyrs, Juvenali and Peter, let us join with all the ranks of the church as we sang last night. Come, all Orthodox believers of America, let us rejoice at this feast of hope. The vision of the future growth of the church in America, inspired by the Hieromartyr Juvenali in his apostolic work, Committing his soul to the Lord, he rejoiced in the hope of eternal life. And the young Aleut Peter of Kodiak, Ireland, offered himself as a living sacrifice, trusting that in the world to come he would receive his reward. Now in the kingdom of heaven, they intercede for our souls. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.